All right, folks. Well, welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. And joining me tonight, none other than Theodore from Crowdfunded Government. How's it going, buddy? Eric, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, sir. How are you doing today? Ah, doing, doing awesome. Had a day off. It was great. Didn't have to work. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, man, that's the American dream. Yeah, that's, that's it. Right. What do they make the PTO for anyways, right? That's the whole that's the whole thing, man. It's like, dude, the whole reason why you work hard is occasionally you don't have to work and you can do nothing. Oh, I, I love it. And man, still get I paid for it. I love to do that. Yeah. And yeah still I can't get do any better than that. Yeah. Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> so, man, you had some uh, urgent business, some uh, some pressing matters. I have extremely important information in regards to the crowdfunded government movements, but here's the good news. Okay, Eric. Okay. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Nothing has changed in regards to the direction of the overall movement. I just have a little pivot in a certain part of it. So what we talked about last time, uh, there's not really a huge reason to go too deep in it. Right. So we had a great episode last time, went into what crowdfunded government is and taxes and instead voluntarily crowdfund government. We're all good. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay, so I'm still I'm still on that, and we're going to come back to that uh, because I'm still a huge believer. But I have determined a huge problem in the political system that nobody is addressing, and I am ready to take care of if people are willing to let me do it. So you're you've yet identified another problem in the political system. Yeah, and it kind of ties in, and you'll kind of see how it all wraps in a bow at the end, but I got a huge problem, and this is kind of interesting because of the conversation we had last time, a huge problem with third-party politics. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, it's, 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 uh, it's common that people are irritated, but nobody has an answer as to why it irritates, or nobody really can explain why it irritates them, but especially, nobody has the answer. So hmm. what is the, so, okay, we can all agree it sucks, right? What are you going to do? Yeah. So let me, let me just start off by saying this, and let's see if you agree or disagree, that people who choose to vote third party, join third parties, run as third party politicians, these people in general are much more informed politically than your average red-blue voter. Do you think that's accurate? Uh, yeah, in my experience, uh, being the former elections chair for the Libertarian Party of Louisiana, uh, I can definitely exactly agree to why, that. <laughs> yes, and this is exactly why I was so excited about this discussion, because your opinion is very valuable to me in regards to what I think. And, you know, somebody from the inside, quote unquote, you can really get a, you know, get a feel for if I'm crazy or not. But okay. first things first. I still think you're crazy, first, but, you know. Uh, hey, listen, buddy. I th- I think I'm off the deep end. You're telling me in my free time, I ask people if I can spend time yelling about the way the taxes work, right? It's like, dude, I am off the deep end, buddy. I'm already aware. Yeah. But the reason why I bring up that point is because I don't want to start this discussion by disparaging the people who choose to participate because they are some of the smartest, most well-researched people I've ever met. Right. And because they are so smart and well-researched, they end up supporting a third party because they realize that the red and blue teams don't even come close to representing their views. Yeah. Haven't for a very long time. Okay. Um, all right. So with that in mind, if that is my true belief, is that there are a lot of really smart people involved in third-party politics, what's my problem? My problem is that third-party politics is a joke. It's pretend. 
and 99 point whatever percent of political offices in the United States are held by either an R or a D if the option is you have to list an R or a D on the ballot. Right. So we have what I believe to be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of people sympathetic to third party movements who are much more intelligent politically than your average political connoisseur of the red blue variety. And yet these ideas are going to waste. These people's lives are going to waste. Their money is going to waste because no difference in politics happens without power. Politics is all about power and the ideas of politics, while great, do not matter if you don't have power to experiment with them. Yeah. And especially in our circles, we abhor power because we understand what it does. You know, it's yes. Kinda, yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, Eric, I do want to back up for a second because you are much more nuanced in regards <laughs> to anarcho thought. And so my message today is not necessarily to tell people who aren't into politics to get into politics because you could make very good arguments and I could back you up, too with arguments of why government is a big problem and why there are many coercive issues with government, even outside of taxation, right? These right. are the types of discussions that I'm, I'm, I'm backing away from just because that's a whole podcast topic itself and really doesn't lead towards any, any of the direction that I think I can help out in if you buy into the political ideas. Like, that's why I'm speaking to third-party supporters because they, they do drink the cold Kool-Aid. They are spending time and money supporting a political system. Yeah. So I am really irritated. In fact, I'm pissed off that these incredibly smart people are wasting their lives, potentially, and they're never going to have political power. They're never going to have the ability to try their ideas, and they're going to constantly be trying and failing and getting their ideas nowhere. And I'm very frustrated by this. This has actually got to the point where, again, I'm making a difference. I need to do, we need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. The want to do something right is there. And that's yes, the reason why they, they all come. So. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're, they're clearly they care. They're trying to make a difference. You know, how, why should I be mean about what they're trying to do? Because it's a waste of time. So, Eric, here is the bomb. This is my goal if you are ready. Okay, set the fuse. <laughs> the stated goal of the crowdfunding government movement, obviously besides to encourage voluntarily crowdfunding government, is to end third-party politics by the end of the third quarter. Mm. I am done with it. Give me two months and let me roll with my plan. Let me see if anybody even wants to be called third party by the time I get done with everybody. That's a, that's a bold statement. <laughs> hey, listen, buddy, it's never about a, it's it's when you set goals. Sometimes it's not about, you know, 100 percent. But in this case, <laughs> just one percent. If I could just take one percent of the political capital that's being burned in third parties and turn it around to what I would consider productive political uses, I think the world would be a better place. You might be right about that, but I'm interested to but, hear more. <laughs> yeah, but there's a catch, but there's a catch, right? So, oh, yes, of course. There's what, always a catch. Well, oh, come on, Eric. I wouldn't come on without a catch. You know that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's your middle name. The catch, catch is <laughs> Theodore Catch Quinoa, man. You got me. Yep. Um, the catch is that in my opinion, even though the red-blue teams don't really have that much of a difference, and even though the system is completely rigged to support them, 
I don't think the answer is dropping out. I think the answer is infiltration. Hmm. So the old uh, change it from the inside uh, razzle dazzle, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's again for people who aren't into politics in general. Changing it from the inside to these people are just going <laughs> to, you know, come on, Theodore, you're dumb. They ain't going to change nothing, you know? Right. So as long as, um, as long as we can just play along for a bit. Because essentially, if, if we go off that deep end at any point, there's really even no point in advocating for crowdfunding government. It will burn it all down. We should all just be collapsitarian in that case. <laughs> yes, chuckling in, collapsitarian, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I, I, I Skip nailed it. I believe he came up with it, developed it. And every time somebody says it, I always have to say chuckles and claps during. Yeah, that's just that's just Um, the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. It is cool. I I I love a good meme. So, what do I think the answer is? The answer is we need to infiltrate. Meaning that if you are a third party politician, imagine if in 2010 you were told by your party the third party is now disbanding if you would still like to participate in in political parties we encourage you to flip a coin and choose red or blue run for local office and win at least some of you are going to win spend the next 10 years building political capital gaining votes and moving up the ranks from dog catcher to mayor to governor try your best to follow the red blue paradigm when you're in power, you know, say what it takes to get you elected. When you're in power, you finally have the chance to use the power for the good that you would have been running on. And guess what? People vote for results, not ideas. And people will re-elect you for results. Well, I mean, the Democrats don't really care. I mean, at this point, they're willing to... Uh... <laughs> to vote for a corpse that uh, 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 slightly fondles <laughs> old ladies and and little children and such. So, well, actually, I, j- I just had a great discussion earlier on a uh, different podcast, which uh, will be fantastic. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers in case they choose to edit it or whatever. But yeah. I will say this: that uh, they brought up a really good point that if Joe Jorgensen was running on the Democratic ticket, Joe Biden would not have won. Mm, I, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think I believe it because she she's like Tulsi Gabbard, except on kind of steroids in terms of principle. Yeah, I mean, that all works with uh, with some people, but uh, so much of the left is all feelings and no logic. Right. So here's here's what I really am interested in, because I think uh, at least the libertarian circles that we hang out in lean a little bit more to the right in the sense that if they had to choose, they choose economics of republicanism over the social issues of Democrats. Like in terms of like what really like if they had a single issue kind of thing. Yeah. So I get that. But that's what actually really interests me the most is if these third parties went to the Democratic Party and jumped in on the social stuff and then just kind of slowly introduced into the mix the economic policies, I think they would find a lot of success because traditionally the Democratic Party was not always a progressive organization. I mean, there was something called Blue Dog Democrats who we would consider Republicans today. Yeah. Yeah. They, Basically, uh, traditional conservative states uh, held on to beliefs that now are not considered not progressive. Yeah, Louisiana, the state that I live in, is uh, chock full of those blue dog uh, Democrat types. Yeah, they're they're gun owners just like you are, but uh, 
you know, a lot of the social stuff that they'll go for the, that's what they advocate for. So the rest of the economic stuff, yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty hesitant about increasing taxes, but it's a uh, same kind of principle. So they're uh, a little bit better than just your average everyday Democrat. So that's, uh, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at is basically my big proposal, my big idea. I think it's a big idea. I think it's a crazy idea, but it's big is yeah. somehow I need to get as many third party politicians and third party supporters to throw all of their time and money towards a real political goal of accomplishing power. And when we have power, we can start to make the changes that we think the populace wants to live under. And if the people do like the changes, guess what? You're moving up from mayor to governor. Yeah, I think it's all going to start on the local level anyway. So, uh, you know, city council, uh, that type of stuff probably should be a starting ground for you. Yeah, and I know that so many people say, well, that's exactly what the ground game of certain third parties are. And yeah. I'm like, well, show me the proof. Show me the proof. We've been doing it for 50. Y'all been doing it for 50 years. Show me the proof that your idea of having a different letter next to your name with solid principles is accomplishing anything. Yeah, and it's also hard to overcome the media in that because uh, Michael Malice said it best, the corporate press is the enemy of the people. So it's uh, that, that's it's, one it's big hill to, to go over. Yeah. It's really hard to argue that sometime, but if you had an R or D next to your name, you towed the party line in debates, occasionally introduced in debates, maybe a little hint or a tease or a twist, uh, you could still stand on that debate stage. You could still proudly claim the D label. Uh, you could still have the exposure. Um, you don't have to sacrifice all of your principles in party politics, but you know, politics is the science of sausage making. So yeah, that kind of is the deal. You are occasionally have to bite your tongue, hold your nose, and do what you need to do to maintain your power. And as long as you have the overall goal of using the power for good in the way that you would have as a third-party politician anyway, what's the problem here? I mean, wouldn't you rather have somebody who's doing 90% of the right stuff as long as you were that person making sure that, hey, okay, 10% of the time I have to do what the party wants me to do, isn't that better than the other guy who'd just be doing 100% what the party says? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can probably take the, the Rand Paul, the Thomas Massey approach to it. I mean, they have success. Yeah, and so. those are, those are exactly, the, those are exactly the, the two examples that I would give you. Um, in addition to, of course, Dr. Rand Paul, who figured out how to get on a, on a debate stage with Republicans, even though he is a straight-up libertarian. Yeah, very true. Yeah, uh, most of and us if, came to the liberty movement through him. So, and what did he do? Did he make a splash with a big libertarian candidacy? Yeah, he tried that in the eighties. Didn't work, dude. Not did not work. Brought the exact same ideas to the Republican Party. Towed the party line occasionally. You know, occasionally would work along to get along, understanding how the process works. But when it came time to vote, never sacrificing his principles. Voting no, even though the whole party voted yes. And he wasn't kicked out, was he? Wasn't ran out of town, was he? No, I mean, uh, marginalized to a point. I mean, uh, the news media would just uh, do everything that they could to uh, to demonize him. I remember CNN ended an interview with him, so he's, uh, so they got footage of him taking his mic off, and then they said, yeah, he stormed out of the, uh, the interview. And it was like, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, listen, man, I don't have the answers for everything, and especially not um, media corruption in regards to reporting on things straight. I can't do that. I can just say that if Ron Paul's job and goal was 
I'm going to get on that debate stage as a libertarian and, and face off against these Republicans. He had no chance. It was never going to happen. That was the only way you'd ever get that national spotlight. True. Yeah. So the question becomes, Eric, is it is am I on to something? Is it better? Could you see the world being a better place if you had a bunch of Liberty Republic, for example, since you're libertarian, um, Liberty Republicans and Liberty Democrats going along to getting along? earning local government and power and slowly but surely introducing their ideas of liberty into their government? Or do you like where they just kind of do a fake, uh, uh, you know, fake as if, well, I'm going to be the president, I'm going to be the congressman, and then they get 2% of the vote. Do you like, which one do you like? <laughs> well, even if uh, a libertarian got elected somewhere, the idea of co coalition building uh, between groups was going to be how you were going to survive that. So even, uh, you know, down here in the Louisiana, I was working with the Bernie bro under normal to try and push a le marijuana legalization. You know, that guy's never going to be a libertarian. We're, you know, we're never going to agree on single payer health care ever. But, uh, no. but yeah, if you can get into a local office and start earning that political capital that way, uh, maybe, maybe it might have a shot. So how does this relate to crowdfunded government? Well, two ways. First of all, I believe that many people who are sympathetic towards third-party movements are more sympathetic toward radical ideas like a voluntarily crowdfunded government. Yeah, you could make the case for that. I mean, we do have a Green Party. <laughs> yes. So if I can take these third-party politician wannabes and get them into power, wouldn't I start to see the world that I want to live in? Yeah, assuming that they will then use the ring of power for good. There's always that, well, yes, that big if out there. <laughs> oh, Eric, Eric, and, and absolute power does corrupt absolutely, and there's no doubt about it that the best laid plans sometimes go to waste in these situations. You might get in there and have big dreams, find out about the donors, find out about the revolving door of lobbying and play ball. Yeah. That's possible. Corruption happens, man, but I don't think it's going to happen every time. I think there will be good, solid politicians that get it, go along to get along, and then start making cool changes in their community, like introducing voluntarily crowdfunding government, right? Yeah, yeah, especially if they start off on the on the local level. It's, uh, everything is going to happen right there. Uh, you're least likely to get corrupted that way, um, you know, because the, the stakes are relatively small. It might not be true in like Texas or California or someplace like that, but you know, some of the other states. Yeah, I could see it working. And uh, you know, as as they're more successful, they go to the state level, and then the national party has to take notice when there is a growing caucus of very popular politicians with a little bit of a twist on the current message. Uh, at some point, the votes would add up, and the party would have no choice but to be more accommodating towards these alternative opinions because they wouldn't want to lose the votes that they're suddenly starting to pick up. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, they'll have to appeal to the base at some point. So, uh, so this, is, uh, this is why I'm very interested because I see a lot of people wasting their lives. Um, you probably have met some of them. Um, <laughs> they're spending tremendous amounts of time and money, and it's a complete waste. And they, they have so much good to give to the political system. Even if I don't agree with them 100%, I would much rather have people who are researched, well-educated, and came to political philosophy on their own through their own two ears. Uh, that is the peer, that's the person that I want to see trying to wrangle the, the reins of government. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we there's definitely needs to be something done. And at, at this point, I'm willing to throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so that is uh, that's kind of the direction that I'm going. That's the nuclear bomb. Is that I'm uh, all of a sudden going from nonpartisan apolitical, which I still am, right? In regards to the neutrality of crowdfunded government, I don't care if you want to fund a football stadium, a border wall, or an extermination camp, right? I don't. I don't believe that people are going to fund truly evil things, and I don't care what you do, right? I'm still. I'm still non-political, non-partisan in that sense. Right. But I got to take on these third parties. So, Eric, I'll ask you, what do you think I could do to help accomplish this goal? Because I have an idea, but I'm curious what uh, what you think. Uh, yeah, you might have to start getting in the ear of the other uh, elections people in the third parties. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you definitely have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You might have to go after a candidate or two. See if they can, uh, if you can change your mind that way. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. Hey, Theodore, uh, hold on just a minute. Okay, Rebel, where everybody's back. <laughs> no, 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 but nothing, not, nothing in life is easy that's worth doing. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, so I, so I, I have a, I have an idea and you nailed it. So let me, let me see what you think about how I can accomplish that. Okay. So I look, at the landscape of Liberty podcasts, there are thousands of hours every month being recorded by people sympathetic to third party views and have sort of a Liberty freedom voluntarist bend that they kind of might respect what I'm up to. And thousands and thousands of hours goes by every month. Some of it is gold and some of it's garbage, right? Sometimes you just don't have the spark and the, yeah, that episode wasn't my best. You know, yeah. it happens I, to everybody. Yeah, I feel personally attacked, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so my idea that I'm proposing to you, any other podcasters listening, and if anybody listening to this knows any podcast that might be interested, reach out and propose this idea. My idea is that we go on a blitz over the next few months and we get as many third party politicians to appear on podcasts, which, by the way, shouldn't be that hard if they're running for office in November, should it? No, it shouldn't be. I mean, yeah. they would probably want to go on a Liberty podcast and explain what they're yeah. up to. huh? Yeah, uh, I'll just say my DMs have been uh, a little busy the last couple of months. <laughs> Hmm. That's what that's what I've been hearing from some other Liberty podcasters, which is why I would like to mention this. If you are so fortunate as to find a friendly third party candidate or party member, you know, big, big Bob, Huba, whatever, Puba, um, ask them if they would just be willing to take five or ten minutes of questions from a skeptic who might doesn't really have all the best things to say about third parties. You know, I wouldn't be in the, the business of insulting people, but. I think it would be incredibly entertaining and fascinating if these third party politicians had to answer to somebody who believes that they are wasting their time. And basically it's one of these, uh, you know, Steven Crowder, like uh, change my mind. Yeah. No, I love playing. uh, Yeah. I love playing devil's advocate all the time. So that's essentially what you're trying to do. uh, So (laughs) yeah, basically I'm just saying third party politics is a waste of time. Change my mind. And I would just like to have five minutes or so with any third party politician or supporter that I can talk to. And I just want to understand, obviously I have some opinions. They're not facts. And I want to share my opinions and then ask some pointed questions of politicians to explain to me, what the hell are you doing? Why do you think you're making a difference? Right. But I would be more politely. 
Yeah. Try to be as polite as, as possible. You know, just be nice. Yeah, I I get it. You know, you, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Um, so as you know, I'm pretty respectful. I, I can I can I can communicate with people even when I disagree with them in a in a reasonable fashion because I can look past the emotions into the logic. Yeah, that's uh, very tough for most of us to do. So, <laughs> and and I and I fail at that. I'm I'm certainly not perfect, right? Uh, nobody right. is, but. <laughs> That is kind of my idea, which would be if I could get in touch with a few hundred people for five minutes over the next few months and just plant, plant the seed in their head. And I'm sure they'll have an answer. Brush me off. Right. Cognitive distance. Pick in. Forget about it. But if I can just have a small percentage of these politicians start to implement my idea, which is go local and go R or D, make a difference, gain power and change the world in, in, a, in a way that makes it better for you and your family, um, I think I will accomplish the greatest political revolution in American history. Well, it certainly is, is possible. Uh, so we're operating off of uh, Frederick the Great here. So uh, lodas, lodas, toujours lodas. You know, boldness, boldness, always boldness. So, <laughs> uh, is, is it question with, uh, question with veracity or something? I can't remember the saying. I don't know, question with boldness or something, and then there's some other thing. I yeah. don't know, man. <laughs> it's been a long time since I read some of those old books. <laughs> uh, th- that's the thing, man. I am, I am way out of date on my political uh, <laughs> science and history, but many of these people are not. These freaking geniuses are reading political philosophy every day and yeah. running as a third-party candidate. Like, please, take that brain and, and g- do something with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's always uh, surprising when a twenty-year-old uh, then brings up uh, Lysander Spooner. It was like, "Hey, have you ever read this uh, Constitution of No Authority?" I was like, "Wait, what? You've read that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's these types of people and these types of philosophies that I believe could really benefit mainstream political thought and it could be done in a way without being marginalized by the media right off the bat because you're just Joe Schmo, Republican mayor of uh, Duluth. That's it, just Republican mayor, just Republican mayor, you know? Yep. Well, I I will say that uh, that has been the tactic of some of the people up in the Free State Project up in New Hampshire. They run as Republicans sometimes. Yeah, and uh, you'll notice I didn't mention New Hampshire at all because I think uh, – because obviously that has crossed my mind many times over the past several years is moving to New Hampshire because I might find the most amount of of agreeable voices. Right. What I can tell, and maybe you might have more insight, you might communicate more with the free staters than I do, but basically what happened there is they moved uh, like 100,000, 50,000 people, but then a bunch of people moved in from Vermont and Massachusetts anyway – yeah <laughs> way more than them so it's like yeah you, you should have chose a different state it should have been wild yeah <laughs> well it's uh it's an interesting thing uh whenever i hear the the free state stuff because they do get a lot of little victories here and there but uh you're right they uh, some of them have chose to run as republicans in new hampshire because new hampshire is a pretty red state um so i mean there there might be something to your to your idea here that's all i'm saying as we, we have proof hey, of this and, working and before. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have some case studies of the past, some case studies of the present, and then just logical argument for the future. I believe that that's how you make an effective political argument. I mean, if you know, because that's the thing. There is no, there is no science in political science, right? I mean, it's all like, it's a lot of uh, opinion, even when you're like a science, right? Ah, ah, kind of an opinion. 
yeah, political science, that's one of those things. You're, <laughs> I mean, you're not really doing a whole lot of studies. I mean, yeah, you could figure out how a, a group of people are going to behave uh, to a certain political question. But if the 2016 election proved anything is that political science is just a guessing game at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And, uh, and what really matters is what's actually happening. I guess it's kind of a defense of that real politic um, yeah. of the eighties and nineties um, where I'm just like, Hey, listen, what really matters is what's happening. Make a difference. Um, it matters in a negotiation, what they're actually doing, not what they're saying it matters what they're doing. And right. then you do your thing. And then you, yeah, there's no, no talk. The time for talk is over, Eric. I have watched way too many people over the past five years I've been on Twitter wasting their time arguing with red and blue when you should be working with red and blue and they don't even know what you're up to. Yeah, uh, you can kind of confuse them a little bit because that uh, if we know anything is that the uh, team red and team blue ain't all exactly that bright when it comes down to stuff. So that's so that's also what I'm getting at is that in general they are less politically savvy because some of them, and I don't want to say many or most, but some vote the way their daddy did. Yeah, that's uh, very true. Uh, it's, uh, you look out all over the South down here. Uh, the Army has got uh, its foothold with recruiting centers because they know Peppy and Grand Peppy all served in the war. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and they've, you know, they all get a little inch-thick binder of how to lie and cheat and everything to get uh, recruits. So in the South, it's kind of easy pickings. They just got to go to a high school, maybe not in the city limits, but just outside, and they'll get anybody mm -hmm. to join. And uh, same thing with uh, Republicans and Democrats. It's just because daddy and granddaddy was was one. Yeah, and so this is where I believe you actually don't have to be too politically nuanced. You just literally have to have an R or D next to your name, and you got 30% right off the bat. That's it. Okay, yeah. now you just have to win the middle. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we can always take uh, the Horton uh, – uh, tactic here you just be better at the right than the right and then you be better at the left than the left yeah there you go so like like i said i believe that i am proposing an idea that is not unique i just don't think anybody's ever made a real push for it like nobody's actually done anything about it right nobody made an anti-third party third party which is basically what i'm saying <laughs> yeah if you can get like little liberty caucuses uh built up that way and you might not even have to have that like an official thing in a republican or democrat party no, I, you know, just, just call it the, call it the reform caucus or the, the, the newbie caucus, you know, you don't have to give off dog whistles, but set up in your state, a new caucus, you know, and we're just the kind of people that want some change and, uh, you know, have 90% of it be the same and 10% uh, of it be like, uh, you know, any ideas that you might find effective for your community that might not necessarily be party line. You'll find out that as long as 90% of your, of your, of your political platform is what they want, you can mix around the edges. Yeah, so given an example here, uh, my little small town that I live in uh, is run completely by Democrats. So if I were to uh, run for that office of uh, city council or whatever, yeah, just change the name to a D and then just do libertarian shit when I'm in there. Uh, yeah, you got yeah, it, Eric. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's 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 the downside here? Like, like if if you if you did that versus run as an L. I mean, what's the downside is, can your life really be worse by almost winning an election? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it would be fun to see. Uh, I would have to, to see it, uh, kind of work all over, but, uh, I, I think you're on to something. Well, thank you. I, uh, I believe that, um, I think I try, I never succeed, but I always give it my best shot. Yeah. And that's fine. 
you know, sometimes you have to, you know, damn the maneuvers and just move straight at them sometimes. Yeah. There's no more direct reproach than just say, yeah, we'll just uh, join your party. And uh, if we do get elected, just do the liberty stuff that we were going to do anyways. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it's really that simple. And I don't understand why anybody's wasting any time with third parties. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking to me. I'm like all former Libertarian Party over here. So it's uh, – yeah, uh, I've kind of embraced uh, agorism uh, and uh, anarchy a little bit more than I had been in the past. Um, so just seeing how the Liber- uh, Libertarian Party works and how some of the other third party works, because I had you know, a little brief experience with the Constitution Party and everything before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's all infighting, you know, trying to be, you know, king of the little small hill that they're on. So it's uh, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So I, I understand that politics sucks. I understand that government sucks. I understand that um, politics is corrupt. I understand that everything sucks. Okay. But if we're going to live in this society, it's the same argument I make with crowdfunding government, right? If we live under this system, why don't we try incremental steps to improve it? So if we hate the political system because red and blue suck, why don't we just make red and blue suck less? Like, can we just try it? What's the worst that can happen? Well, uh, there was a society back in the, uh, the late 1800s and early 1900s called the Fabian Society, and uh, their mascot was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And uh, so if you want to go ahead and use that tactic, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. So I highly suggest people go pick up uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals and then just use it against them. Yeah, I, it, was, it was required reading for me in college, and I realized they, they just gave me the playbook. Yeah, that, that's all they did. They just handed you all the trick plays. <laughs> when you see them the form up, around. yeah, you know yeah. exactly what's about to happen next. You don't need to be less mild. I do, and actually, <laughs> it's it's happening right now. Basically, they're they're loading. I mean, they already said they're going to do it. They're going to load the government with stimulus programs, and then and then hopefully it collapses. Now everybody's dependent upon the stimulus programs. Like yeah. it's actually happening right now. They're doing it like unintentionally. I don't I don't know if there's really a cabal doing it, but. It's actually happening that we're going to be so dependent on loans and freebies that by the time this thing gets over with, the entire economy is going to be based on the next freebie that comes out. Yeah, to give anybody a a good idea of how scary that's going to be, uh, just go into YouTube and search uh, EBT shut off or any kind of phrase like that. And what you're going to see is somebody who's on welfare and their EBT card got turned off or the reader wasn't working. And then watch them throw the little tantrum fit afterwards. Yeah, so multiply that times uh, millions. Yeah, so think like a hundred thousand people in a in a small city. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we can get before we get to that point. Yeah, we can get some people in there to start twisting stuff up, making some positive differences, and avoiding the entire country burning down. Yeah, that, I'll say you know chuckles and collapsitarian sometimes just because I see what's kind of going on. And so, yes, yes, while you may not understand that, uh, you know, trying to print four trillion dollars in two months is not going to be a good idea. I'll just say, yeah, chuckles and collapsitarian, you know, go for it. (laughs) But at the same time, I I don't want cities to burn, you know, because I I live there, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I've got a family and kids. I I don't want to have to be the bad guy. No, I, I want a better world for my family and my community, and I think that uh, if, if we allow complete chaos to break out because of uh, because people are too dependent on the state, I'm not doing my role as an American trying to fix that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's it's worth it to go at it, even though it seems like a, a Sisyphean task. 
Well, I've, I've admitted that if, if we are just pushing a rock up a hill, an endless hill, um, I would rather do that than stand and watch the world burn. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. And I don't want to, I don't want to see, you know, bodies stacking up and, <laughs> you know, broken down, bombed out cities because, uh, people didn't get their way. You know, it's, uh, it's a tough thing. I don't want to see it happen and hopefully it never does. I'm just saying if it does, I, I'm kind of ready for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's actually why, I mean, some of my, some of my, my favorite uh, personalities are agorists because they are, they are basically thinking 20 years ahead in a worst case scenario. You know, what are the steps? Well, you need to be self-sufficient. You need to have a plan you need to be able to trade and you need to have your, your network already set up, you know? So right. I can, I can really respect what, um, I can really respect in a worst case scenario that those are the people who are going to thrive and be the ones to actually save the world because they're going to be the ones with the actual capability to still save the world. Yeah. They'll, they'll be the ones to, to pick up and uh, start putting stuff back together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I certainly understand whenever people check out of politics and check into uh, agorism, I actually am totally, I, I get it. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, as, as frustrated as I am because I'm a, I'm a work from the system within, right? Kind of stooge. Yeah. Um, I, I can respect, I can respect that people have thought past that and then wanted to just secure the, their family's future, you know, at least for the next 10 or 20 years, they, they can secure that. They have all the pieces of the puzzle that even if everything goes to hell, they're still going to eat and they're still going to have security. Right. Which you should be doing anyways. Even yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, really all it takes is, you know, I'm in Louisiana, so hurricanes, <laughs> that, that could be a disruption, you know, and even if that's um, all it could be like, yeah. The kind of disruption where there's a three hour line at the grocery store because everybody went at once because they thought the stores were shutting down because of a disease. Oops. Yep. We just went through that. How, how was your week when that happened? Because mine was cool. <laughs> mine was fine. Turns yep. out I had a closet full of stuff that was ready to cook, healthy. I had buddy. I had water. I had toilet paper. I was like, wow, y'all can't get that, huh? Boy, you really should think about taking care <laughs> of your family and your, and your, you know, first. Yeah. There, there's a reason why wholesale clubs exist. You know, go to Sam's, go to Costco. They sell toilet paper that will last you. It's, it's lasted my family of four, like a year. I buy one big old pack. <laughs> we rarely go yeah. through it. <laughs> the time to plan for the worst case scenario is right now, not as soon as the writing's on the wall, because by then you are, you are toast. Yeah. You are so behind. So behind. That's not even going to be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't really take too much. I mean, you can do a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, you know, it's kind of like investing, you know, you just throw a few bucks at it here and there, you know, eventually it it's going to yeah, go you up. Do, yeah. You, you, it, yeah. It's, it, it's absolutely investing. You have certain things that you know are going to keep you safe in those situations. You rotate those things, keep them fresh. And, uh, when the budget allows up the, uh, up the ante a little bit and, uh, it pays off, pays off every time you're going to, you're still going to use those, that dry food. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and also talk, drink that water. Yep. Talk to your grandparents because most of them live through that garbage. <laughs> you know yeah. And that's actually, I, I love the, I love the silent generation because, they they are the ones who told us don't keep your money in the bank. Yeah. Keep your money in a pre- keep your money in a precious metal, at least some of it, because yeah. last time they took it and they cut the value in half. You need to understand how good this stuff is against preventing uh, theft. Um, and the lessons that they teach you: learn how to can, 
can, why would I can fruits and vegetables and keep them for months? Well, I just eat. There's always fresh ones at the store because sometimes, honey, there's not fresh yeah. ones at the store. Yeah. And I would say uh, kind of uh, go after the meat, you know, preserving meat. Because we learned this whole thing is the government just told them, hey, you, you got a hundred hogs kill over them. there. Yeah. Just kill them. <laughs> kill them. Yeah. Pour the, pour the milk down the drain. Kill the animal. Yeah. No demand. So that's a terrible thing. That's a, that's a complete waste of life. But, um, yeah. So if you're going to learn how to can, I, I highly suggest learning how to can meat and how to make jerky and stuff like that. That's not the best thing. Plus, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it delicious? <laughs> Dude, I am a biltong fiend. So. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Every time I'm at the gas station, I get some jerky, man. I love, I love me some, uh, some meat, some cured meat. Yeah, so uh, one of the biltong makers, they they now make crispy chips out of uh, beef, and they had such Whoa. yeah they had such a rush that my order is delayed two weeks. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, so I was like, oh, I got to get some of these, but uh, yeah, and I got the email today. It was like, yeah, we haven't shipped to yet because we got inundated with millions of orders. I was like, well, damn it, <laughs> that's what I get. Well, it sounds like you're on to the right trend. You figured out what other people are also figuring out. Yep. Yep. So I highly suggest going to talk to grandma, figure out what she did. But uh, yeah, you know, and also listen to the other guys. Uh, as much as I will laugh at Peter Schiff about his uh, Bitcoin hot takes, you know, I, I can't fault him. Uh, I've done his little investment strategy and it's paying off. So <laughs> yeah, especially now, boy, aren't everybody who was mocking him over the past decade is like what well, you got Ooh, what kind of returns yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i showed my son uh my little uh cash app because he can do the investing and stuff on there and it's you know it's not much it, nothing that the irs really needs to care about but uh i was like no i was like hey you see that amount right there he's like yeah he goes i didn't do anything for that <laughs> i just parked yeah, money and is... it got me money back oh boy <laughs> so, as soon as as soon as you teach kids that hack they're like, all right, so how, how do I um, how do I make the system work for me instead of against me and I don't become a debt slave? What, what exactly do I do? I was like, wait, you're enslaving money and you're making money work for you? What? Yeah, you I'm can the do one that? putting the chain on my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So dumb. Mm-hmm. So dumb. But yeah, for me, baby. that's another thing. Bitcoin fixes this, so... Just had to throw that out there. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It's like you you need a you need a menu of different things to consider and do what you can, what you can afford. You know, do do what you think you should do politically. Do what you think you should do economically. Do what you think you should do socially in your community to try to bring a better tomorrow. And if tomorrow isn't good, you will be still ready to adapt, survive, overcome. Right. And at the bare minimum, if it's like a bad storm or, you know, some kind of disruption for a couple of days, yeah, you're set. You ain't going to panic because you got everything planned. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with you on that stuff, man. That is, uh, that, that's the kind of future that I'm looking for. I'm looking for positive differences in the future, taking care of family, taking care of community, doing what you got to do. Yep. There you go. So uh, I think that's a pretty good spot to drop it off today. Uh, Theodore, why don't you go ahead and uh, drop all of your plugs there? Sure, and if I can, really quick, let me uh, let me first. You know the plugs. Got the crowdfundinggovernment.com. My name's Theodore, uh, executive director of the movement. And uh, if you would like to, 
you may troll me on Twitter at crowdfundedgov. But really quick, Eric, if you got one more minute, I have a, a very interesting new idea involving oh, Twitter. Okay, go for it. All right, I am declaring victory on Twitter. You, you have declared victory over all of Twitter. All of Twitter. I've been on there five years. All right. I've done dozens of podcasts. I've had thousands of arguments and I am a million and O <laughs> a million and O nobody. So basically I sat out there like Crowder and I said, um, I said, you know, instead of taxation, we should voluntarily crowdfund government, change my mind. And you want to know what? Uh, no takers. I win. I win. The only people that disagree, well, there's a few different types, right? The first is authoritarian collectivists who would rather have you chained in, in your in your house working at a factory and giving 100% of your money to the state, right? right. So these are the people that we, we can't change them. They will only be able to change themselves because I was once one of them, and I'm telling you, you will not convince them. They will come to it on their own through cognitive dissonance. <laughs> but not them because so, the state is going to determine they need a poet. <laughs> so these are the people that I, I i think they're mostly trolls but some of them are serious and i don't i don't consider those losses or draws because they're not even playing the game they're not even using critical thought so leaving them aside anybody who has ever had questions about the crowdfunding government movement either didn't read the website or is just being intentionally dense to try to dunk on somebody yeah yeah you know uh, the old like uh you don't care about kids. You want nobody to pay for the public education system? Like, it's all private schools, huh? You don't, you know, that's never my point, right? It's like, dude, <laughs> okay, you're not, you're not going to dunk on me. No, no. So, Eric, one million and oh, I am declaring victory, and I am declaring immediately a cessation of hostilities against anybody who is against voluntarily crowdfunding government. Okay. All right. Self-declared winner of Twitter. Plan. Here's the new plan, Eric. All right, go for it. If anybody has a has a concern, you know, in the future, if you get the Somalia stuff, you get the, the Morodes and the taxes, anybody who's run, wondering about this theory that we have that we know is the truth, we know <laughs> that we don't need tax. We know we don't need taxes. The sky is blue, the grass is green, and we don't need taxes. These are facts. Right. Facts. Okay. Anybody who's questioning... If it's done in an extremely respectful way, I might consider giving it one genuine answer. But even then, I think the answers are already on the Internet. If you Google it, you can read all about these voluntarist philosophies. This is not uh, patent pending stuff. So my new response to anybody on Twitter who has a dumb argument is to take their dumb argument, make it into a bad meme, send the bad meme at the in the thread and thread. <laughs> yeah, so that's there's... it. There is a saying that is very apropos at this moment, and that is, in this information age, ignorance is a choice. Yeah, it really is. And so that's why it's not even – if I could go back over the past five years, that's all I wish I would have done. Now, looking back, I wish they would just somebody would just would have said, well, you don't care about schools. And I would make a meme that says, you know, crowdfunded government hates schools, you know, and then just boom, that's the meme. <laughs> it's like, yes, I absolutely despise them. <laughs> so – that is my suggestion to everybody listening. That's what I'm going to do moving forward to people who want to be a real stick in the mud as opposed to collaborate and improve our system. And if you're a fan of mine, I'm encouraging fans, please make your own bad crowdfunded government meme. Send it out. Make me look like a fool, right? 
And right. it's funny because it's a, we're, we're all going to know it's a bad meme. Like nobody's going to look at it and say, well, darn, I didn't think of that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my, my other idea with Twitter is let's have some fun. You know, let's, let's use some, let's only do bad memes. No more back and forth thousands of tweets and stuff. Dude, identify, parody, win. Yes. I, I mean, it's like we took that out of a book. <laughs> you, we, we actually, I may have been required to read that, and I was accidentally shown the playbook. Yes. So that's my, that's my new idea. If you're a fan of mine, you will send me bad memes about crowdfunding government. I will laugh and then save them forever because uh, I think that's just awesome. I have image flip open as we speak. So... Oh, beautiful. Eric, I knew I could count on you, buddy. I knew with your with your previous third party experience and you're you're one of the experts of the meme game. You're a meme lord out there. I really thought that this might uh, these nuclear bombs really might appeal to you. Yes, (laughs) of course. McNukes always appeal to me. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Theodore. Well, take it easy, buddy. Uh, I'm going to have a a choice crappy meme coming at you here in just a few minutes. Eric, thank you so much for the chance. I'm looking forward to hopefully debating with some politicians in the future and especially looking at some bad memes. Yes. Terrible, awful memes. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right, folks. And there he goes. Theodore from Crowdfunded Government coming on with a with a new idea. Well, maybe a new take on an old idea. Bad memes, everybody. Send them to him. Uh, I've got one uh, just waiting for him. And uh, I will send it to him privately, and then uh, then we'll see if we can do it publicly once the uh, episode drops. But if you could, uh, head down to the show notes, right? Because we're all looking at the show notes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you go down to the show notes, you're going to find all of Theodore's little links down there, including his uh, Twitter and his uh, and his blog, so that you can find out what he's doing, what he's up to. And uh, you can also go down there and see all of the different ways that you can support this content creator, right? Cause I'm going to take on that mantle. Uh, I've got a Patreon, uh, subscribe star, even though I wasn't able to log in for a day on there. So I'm not sure what that was about, but it's back up and running, uh, float. Also have cash app and PayPal on there as well. Uh, I do have a merch store. So even if you don't want to give, uh, uh any of your hard earned cash, but you would like a, uh, you know, a reasonably funny t-shirt or a hat or a mug or something, you can go over there and find that. It's all down in the show notes. But anyways, guys, take it easy. I have another uh, great episode coming up right after this one. So, guys, check it out later. 